0: You're listening to the Westside Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Justin Schump. I help serve in the campus ministry here in the Westside Church, and we're super grateful that you're joining us for service today. Uh, we're going to be continuing our series called Putting the World Back Together. Uh, this is actually going to be the last lesson on this series. And really the heart of it is, is we're trying to get back to the world that God originally created, uh, the world in which humans were perfectly unified, the world in which God uh, dwelled with people, uh, and we dwelled with him. So the title for my sermon today is Essential Service. And we're going to be reading out of the book of Luke. Uh, so we're going to start off in, in Luke chapter 13, if you'd like to go ahead uh, and turn there. So this is what the Bible reads. It says, On a Sabbath day... Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. You know, the Bible continues, it says, The Lord answered, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. You see, Jesus is here, and, and, and he's teaching in one of the synagogues on a Sabbath day. And, and the Sabbath day in Jewish culture was the day of rest, uh, you weren't supposed to do any work. You were supposed to take this day to pause and, and to rest. And it had to do with the fact that when God created uh, the earth in seven days, he rested on the seventh day. And you read throughout the Old Testament how important the Sabbath really was. Now, what's interesting here is that when the synagogue leader uh, sees Jesus heal this woman, he actually doesn't get mad at Jesus. He, get, he gets angry at the people. You know, he doesn't say, Jesus, stop healing. Instead, he says, you know, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on one of those days. He was limiting when the people could come to Jesus. He was saying, look, there's a certain way that we do things here. There's some rules that you people need to follow. But then Jesus calls him out. He says, look, you you go and you take your donkey and your ox and and you lead and you help them get water on the Sabbath. So why can't this woman be healed? You know, he looks at the synagogue leader and he's saying, you think this woman's needs are less than the needs of your donkey. And he rebukes them for dehumanizing this woman. And, you know, it says that that Jesus' opponents were humiliated they realized how hypocritical they were being. And you know what's crazy is that kind of this exact same story happens in the very next chapter of Luke. This is Luke chapter 14. It says, One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Then he asked them, If one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath, will you not immediately pull it out? And again, they had nothing to say. You know, we get a very similar scene to Luke chapter 13 that we just read about. But instead of Jesus being in a synagogue where he heals the woman, uh, he's at a dinner party with some Pharisees and, and teachers of the law. These are the re- religious elite. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was being carefully watched. So they had probably already heard about Jesus healing this other woman on the Sabbath. So he shows up at this party and, and he sees this man suffering. And so he looks at them and says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And they had no answer. There's nothing they could say. So Jesus heals this man and, and he sends him on his way and he looks to the Pharisees and he says, look, if your child or your ox were to fall into a well on a Sabbath, would you not immediately go down and pull it out? And again, it sounds very similar to this analogy that Jesus was using in Luke 13, the chapter before. In that chapter, he says, look, you take your ox or your donkey to get water on the Sabbath, so why can't this woman be healed? And then here in Luke 14, he's saying, look, if your ox or your donkey were to fall into a well or get injured, you would immediately go to help it. And this is obviously true. I mean, imagine if you're just, if you're walking along the road with your son and and he trips and falls into a well on the sabbath day you know you're not just going to look down and be like sorry jimmy uh, i feel really bad for you but i guess we'll have to come back tomorrow because it's the sabbath um see you in the morning Like like no one would do that no one would just leave their child in a well it's because it's your child you're supposed to protect that child or if you're walking along and, and, and one of your animals or one of your pets uh, fell into a rain gutter, uh, you wouldn't just say, okay, well, it's the Sabbath, so I, I guess you got to stay down there, stay the night there, hope it doesn't rain. Like, like, that would be absurd. You know, as humans, we naturally want to protect and love what belongs to us. For example, as a parent, if you're watching your child play on the playground with a bunch of other children... And, and your child falls off the swings and hurts himself, you're going to immediately have an extremely strong emotional reaction to go help your child. You'll probably run as fast as you can to make sure your child is okay. But if you saw someone else's child fall down, you probably wouldn't have as strong an emotional reaction. Because you'd assume that that child's parent who's responsible for that child, would go help them. Or if your best friend were to call you and say, look, I'm completely out of money. I need $100 for groceries. You would obviously say, of course, here it is. You need more. I want to help you. But if a random person knocked on your door and said, hey, can I have $100? You probably wouldn't feel as eager to help them because they're not familiar. There's no emotional bond. You see, the Pharisees, they, they understood this. They understood that it's fine to break the Sabbath as long as you're meeting the basic needs of one of your animals, if they need a drink. It's fine to break the Sabbath uh, if your child were to fall into a well, if there was an emergency. They were totally fine breaking the Sabbath as long as they were helping something or someone that belonged to them. You see, these stories don't actually have anything to do with the legality of the Sabbath. They have everything to do with perception. They're about how the Pharisees viewed people and about how Jesus viewed people. You know, the Pharisees saw these two people, the crippled, crippled woman and, and the man who was swollen, as less than. Jesus saw them as children of God. To the Pharisees, they were an unrighteous annoyance. But to Jesus, they were essential. You know, this is, this is the reason why he got so upset at the synagogue leader. He says, look, you can't justify meeting the needs of your donkey, but neglect a woman who is a daughter of Abraham. You know, Jesus called her a daughter. And if she is a daughter of Abraham, then that would make the synagogue leader a son of Abraham. So Jesus is saying, look, this woman who has been crippled for 18 years, this is your sister. And you care more about your donkey than your own sister. So when Jesus goes to this dinner party and, and, and he heals the swollen man, he looks at the Pharisees and says, Look, you all know that if your child were to fall into a well, you would not hesitate to rescue them. Well, guess what? Using that same logic, I will not hesitate to rescue this man who is suffering because he is a child of God. Yes, the Sabbath is important. Yes, we should follow the laws that God has given us. But Jesus knew that those laws should never interfere with us loving people. You know, Jesus is saying there are no limits to His love. There is no timeline to His love. Any person, anywhere in the world, any day of the week is essential to God. Which means that as His followers, those people are essential to us. And we are obligated to love people with no limits, no constraints. What's crazy is Jesus doesn't stop there. He actually takes it a step further in this story. You know, after he heals this man who is is suffering from intense swollenness, he tells the Pharisees and the teachers of law this parable. This is Luke 14, verse 12. It says, Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. I mean, let that verse just kind, of, just kind of sink in for a sec. I mean, if you were going to plan a dinner, obviously the first people you would invite are your friends and, and your family and your neighbors. Because you have emotional bonds with those people. But in the stories we just read, Jesus challenged the Pharisees to broaden the group of people they considered family. Those who are outcast, those who are marginalized, those who are suffering. Jesus says, treat them as you would treat your own family. Love them even though they cannot repay you. You know, with all of our friendships, our, our, our friends, our, our, our families, our neighbors, there's this kind of natural exchange of love. And it usually kind of looks like this. You know, we have this kind of bank of love in us that, that we're able to give. And so we give it. We love our friends. We love our family. We love our neighbors. And in return, they love us back. You know, we have them over for dinner, and then they have us over for dinner. There's this natural exchange of love that goes on. But, you know, Jesus challenges this. Jesus says, this is what we should be going after. He says, look, we've all got this bank of love inside of us. And we should be giving that love to the poor, to the crippled, to the lame, to the blind, Anyone who is marginalized. Jesus is saying, look, you should give to them and expect nothing in return. That this is true Christianity. But I don't know about you, but this idea is really, really hard for me. It's extremely hard to actually put this into practice. It's one of those things where I read it and I'm like, yeah, that seems good. That looks good on paper. Jesus is awesome. He's radical with his love. But I fall so short of loving like this. For example, uh, my wife and I, uh, my wife Emma, we heard that that the Red Cross was was needing blood donations. Uh, you know, because of a lot of the elective surgeries that have gotten rescheduled and a lot of the stuff that's happening in the hospitals, uh, there was a major shortage of blood. So they put out this advertisement that if you went and you donated blood, uh, they would do a free antibody test for COVID-19. And my my wife's been working in the hospital. She's been working super hard. And we were interested to know, you know, have we had COVID? We wanted to know if we had the antibodies. Uh, But in order to get the antibody test, you had to go and, and pay $100. And I didn't want to have to pay, you know, $200 between the two of us. So when I heard that the Red Cross was offering this incentive, that if I went and donated blood they would give me this free antibody test, we jumped on the opportunity. I mean, we literally went the next day and and found a clinic and walked in and donated blood. But honestly, I'm ashamed to say that the only reason I donated that blood was because of what I would get in return. The fact that I would save $200 was more compelling than actually being able to save someone's life and i'm ashamed to admit that i'm ashamed to admit that i fall short in this area and i'm trying to grow i'm having people help me i'm having people point out my blind spots you know my parents they named me justin because they wanted me to stand up for justice and sadly i have fallen short of that naming but I'm trying to be better. I'm working hard. I'm, I'm repenting. A lot of the men in my life, Steve and Rick and, and lots of other guys, are, are helping me grow in this area, helping me grow in my love, helping me have pure motives. You know, and I'm so grateful that, that Jesus' blood covers that, that there's grace, that although I have fallen short in so many ways of my love, that I have the opportunity to be better to grow. I'm so grateful for that. You see right now on a spiritual level the world is hurting. Right now more than ever there is a need for us as disciples to donate our love. And it has to be a donation according to Jesus. You know we will get nothing physical in return. Not even a tax break. But before we make this donation, we have to make sure that we change our perception of how we view people. You know, we can't view people as less than. We can't marginalize people in our minds. We can't look at people who are suffering and say, not today, maybe come back sometime later this week. You know, we have to view people as God's children, the way he views us, as essential. Because if we do, if we change the way we view people, then I believe it will make donating our love a whole lot easier. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit the westsidechurch.com or laicc.net.